Hey, what's up there, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 423. So last week, I narrowly escaped the wrath of Hurricane Ian, but I uncovered some weak chinks in my armor as well. So let me share with you five hard lessons that I learned in how to respond to a looming natural disaster. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right. Hey, welcome everybody to this week's streamed podcast episode for the Warrior Life Podcast. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. Um, hey, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone who helped us get the Five Minute Survival Guide to number one on Amazon's bestseller charts. Um, we've been getting some great reviews in; they've been trickling in here and there. Um, I just, you know, this was a, a big thing for us, and it's already taken off. And people are really going out there and grabbing a bunch. People are leaving some great reviews for us. We got all five star ratings, and there was um, some great comments in there. This is one from Eric who said, um, this is the ultimate guide on how to best respond to virtually any emergency situation. If you find yourself in one of these situations, quickly find your emergency in the table of contents, and you will find two pages of the best advice of what to do. This book is in no way some doomsday prepper conspiracy theory guide. These are all real scenarios that can and do happen with sound advice for what to do when things go bad. I just bought four more copies to give my loved ones to help them be more prepared too. I highly recommend this book to anyone. Uh, and he also adds in the item description doesn't mention it, but you can unlock free online training using your Amazon order number. And it is really good information. I give the training five stars as well. Um, so thanks, Eric. I really appreciate that that message. Listen, everybody, if you haven't heard yet, five minute survival guide, number one on Amazon. And look, we don't uh, this is a it's not a, a huge tome that you need to do. Or, or need to read through. This is a, a very, it's meant for uh, more for resources for those critical five seconds that, you know, are, are really, really are critical to your survival in a lot of different situations out there. It is designed for instant emergencies. So you have a step-by-step action plan there. Um, it's meant to be as, used as a reference, put inside of your bug out bag. There's a lot of great information in there as well that you can read ahead of time to be prepared. There's also a self-assessment in there that you can take to see just how prepared you are for those first critical five minutes of any disaster. And we'll give you some advice on how to get prepared for those as well. And we are still giving away the free video courses that go along with the book. So you can go ahead and get that. All you have to do is go on over to 5minutesurvival.com. You'll see a button there that will help take you over to the uh, to Amazon, exactly where the book is. And all you have to do is just put in that order number and you'll get free access to all of the video content as well that goes with it. Um, listen, we don't make any money off this whatsoever. In fact, I've priced it at the very lowest that Amazon will even let us list it for. Um, we do that because I just want to get it out in people's hands. Any proceeds that come in, and I don't, actually, I don't even know if anything actually comes in or not. Like They may force us to take some money, but any proceeds that come in from the book all go toward our nonprofit, Operation Save Our Soldiers, to help sponsor our veterans out to our warrior retreats. 
where they get the help with uh, combat PTS and getting over those, those symptoms once and for all. If you don't know about that, you can go to operationssaveoursoldiers.org, find out more about our about our nonprofit. But anyway, go grab a copy. People are grabbing multiple copies because they're giving it away to friends because they're so, it, it's just, you know, like I said, it's super inexpensive. So go ahead in there and do that. Um, listen, it is designed for those first few minutes of a disaster, a crisis, or an attack. But then there are those other disasters that do give you a warning that they're coming. And I probably don't have to tell you all the news about how Hurricane Ian slammed into Florida last week. And for those who live in Kansas, but maybe weren't expecting a 15-foot storm surge from the Gulf, maybe you just turned the channel away from the news to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or something like that. But uh, last week, Ian hit the west coast of Florida at nearly a Category 5 level hurricane. In fact, pretty much as soon as it passed Cuba, it was headed directly at like the headboard in my bedroom. Now, as I've said in the past, I recently moved from Texas to Florida to be closer to where we hold our warrior retreats for the veterans and uh, you know that are dealing with uh, combat PTS and, and so we can get help there for them. And I've also reconnected with my high school schmoops, Melissa, and absorbing her family into now our, our family. Um, but I probably couldn't have picked a worse state to be more challenged when it comes to disaster response. In fact, all my evacuation plans that I had in Texas were pretty much just thrown out the window. And I, I had to nearly start from scratch for everything from like where I would bug out to if I had to, if I was forced to evacuate how I'd get there, and all the other details that are needed to get to safety when a disaster like this is headed our way. But look, everyone, I, I take my own advice. In fact, everything I talk about in our free survival masterclass workshop is all stuff that I've experienced firsthand, both on the battlefield as well as having been through a natural disaster in the past. So when I saw that this hurricane had built up to the strength that it had and was headed straight at us, that set everything in motion. Now, as it would happen, Melissa and I had already had a trip planned to California during that time. So this was not a full-scale instant evacuation that we had to deal with in the four-wheel drive, going up the median of the road when everybody else is passed out alongside the road, all broken down. Fortunately, we had already had plans to be out of town. However, we still had things that we had to prep for and take action on. And our kids and grandkids were also in harm's way because they stayed behind. We all live in the same area here. Now, as it turned out, the path of the hurricane took a pretty hard right toward Fort Myers the day before we were expecting to get hit. And so we just caught some nasty wind and some rain where we live. Nonetheless, I'm always looking to learn from my own mistakes as well as other people's mistakes. And I learned a lot from this last experience that I want to share with you as well, specifically there are five insights that I think will help you evaluate your own plan and maybe make some changes to be better prepared yourself. All right. So the first thing I learned was know your threats and plan for your threats. Now, I personally wasn't worried about flooding from the storm surge. Now, we live close to the coast. Um, in fact, I could almost throw a stone to get to saltwater. But I wasn't worried about flooding or storm surge where I was because I bought a house that was well above sea level. I bought a house on relatively a hill, and we were expecting anywhere from 8 to 15-foot surges. That's crazy. That's insane. Now, I know how far above sea level I am because I learned the hard way many years back to learn 
how far above floodlines you actually are. Um, when I was in Texas, I've told this story before, and it's part of our masterclass about how a deadly flood came through my little Texas town, just a little bit north of, um, of uh, I'm sorry, south of, of Austin, Texas, came through in the middle of the night and swept 75 homes into the river and about a dozen people, my townsfolk, away into the river died. Um, in fact, a friend of mine, in fact, I'll, I'll share this story, and this is the reason why it's so important for you. They were located near the river that was flooding. And when they chose to evacuate, they went out there, they got in their car. And what they discovered was that on each side of them, no matter which way, there was only one road that came in. On each side of them, no matter which way they went, while they were on something like a hill, there was low land under on the left and right of them. So when they went to go escape, they went one way, found that the water had already built up over the road that they, they were not going to be able to pass by. They went the other way and found the same exact thing. The lowlands are where they got trapped. They ended up having to go back to their house and the waters continued to rise. It rose so much that it forced them up into the attic of their house with their grandkids. And they only had about six inches of breathing room left in their attic before the waters stopped and then eventually started to recede. They narrowly escaped death by six inches, all because they didn't know about the top the, the topography around them and that it's not just about where you live, it's about how you get out from where you are as well. Now, fortunately, where I live, we do have a way out of there. I know the topography around where I'm at there, but it has to do with you also. You don't know what you don't know until you have to know it. So what I mean by that is it's not until you have to take action that you all of a sudden start realizing what you should have been thinking of. For example, I live in a 100-year-old home. So the windows I have are 100 years old. So they are not the high-strength windows that are common in the homes that are built nowadays in Florida and have been for a long period of time. Even back in Texas, I was nowhere near the flood zone that I had to worry about it. I built it that way. However, the windows had to be made because I was on a higher elevation, had to be made to withstand hurricane force winds. But here's what I didn't plan for here in Florida. I hadn't planned for boarding up windows at my new place. Not only that, but a lot of deaths during hurricanes and major storms are caused by trees falling. Well, I have trees on my property that are very close to my home. One of them is dead. And basically, if you, if you, you know, you flick a coin at it, it's going to drop limbs. I didn't know that until about a month or so ago when I started getting quotes, but I didn't take action on it. I didn't take action on it leading into hurricane season. I have one other tree that didn't grow up well, had a bad upbringing. It was a bad father, <laughs> but it, it has a, like a, a, like a separate trunk that's not supposed to be there. It's like three trunks instead of instead of two. And that can very easily split off and hit our house. Now, we weren't there, but something like that was not taken care of when it should have. I just kept kind of putting it off until it was too late. Nothing was going to happen at that, at, at that point. So my stuff was not done in time. And I've learned now, now we've got to call into the, to the, uh, the tree trimmer to be able to get these things done. We're still in hurricane season. Now, for you, it might be some other risk. Um, and it might be some of the risks that you may not have thought of yet. Uh, maybe you went out and bought a generator for your home. I see a lot of people doing that right after storms. Now, do you know how to use it? Did you even read the safety manual? I mean, you would think that would be common sense, right? But during this last hurricane, Hurricane Ian, 
A 65-year-old man died this past week from carbon monoxide poisoning after he ran the generator in his closed garage while the power was out. Now, folks, that is a common story with people with generators. They try to run them in, in their home rather than outside, like making accommodations for it because they don't know. So person died because of it. All right, lesson number two here is to expect the unexpected. That sounds kind of cliche, right? So one of the reasons that people put off evacuating is because of situations like this, of what what just happened to us. So there's all this commotion about the storm coming. Then all of a sudden, hurricane takes a turn and then essentially nothing. We still did have rain. We had wind. It was it was a little gnarly, but that's what's happened time and time again. In fact, I've even been told that the area that we live in was built on Indian burial ground and that this is why hurricanes around us always seem to turn away at the last minute from us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not banking my safety or the lives of my loved ones on Indian ghosts. Not going to happen, right? But I learned the hard way in Texas from that disaster that I went through to follow the 50% rule. And that's to take the worst case scenario of whatever has happened in your area and add 50% more damage to it. Now, people in Fort Myers had very little time to prepare and they had a, they paid a price for it because they thought it was coming north of them until all of a sudden it wasn't. Bad news for them. They were A lot of people just were not prepared for it. They were not expecting it. And so they didn't do anything about it. Now, I have heard story after story after story from longtime residents now in Fort Myers that they will never again underestimate a hurricane once they got a firsthand look at the power of water and wind. Mother Nature is a mother, and she will take it out on you. She does, she does not discriminate. Well, there is a little bit of discrimination. We'll talk about that as well here. All right, but the third lesson here is to plan for others. So I talked exclusively about this in one of our Warrior Life Academy workshops for our All Access members. Um, we did one on the truth about survival teams, and one of those truths is that you already have a survival team because there are people who are just going to show up that you did not plan for. So let me give you a simple example of how this can play out, um, even in like a minor scale during a crisis, all right? So my schmoops and I are off in California, but we have an older dog, Bandit. You may have seen Bandit on some of our videos and we're doing our live streaming. Uh, if anybody was there for the for the book launch party for Five Minute Survival Guide, you saw Bandit just kind of, he, he just kind of lumbers around. He's 12 years old. He's a bearded collie um, and he has heart problems. He's medicated for it and he hates storms. Bearded collies are notorious for being very sensitive and they, and they don't like storms. They don't like thunder. I mean, he literally just shakes like a leaf when there's storms. So we were gone, couldn't take him with us. So we had a friend that was watching Bandit while we were gone at our house. Now, that friend has a daughter who pleaded with her to evacuate to her location north when the hurricane looked like it was going to hit where we were. Now, this time when we took off and we had everything planned, it wasn't looking like it was going to hit our house. So we knew this was going to kind of be a work in progress. But nonetheless, the person that we had in charge of our dog decided that they were going to bug out and go to see their daughter. So one of our daughters offered to take Bandit. Problem solved, right? Well, then one of her friends called her on the phone and said that they needed a place to stay during the storm because they were in a forced evacuation zone. They needed a place for them, her brother-in-law, 
and two other big dogs. Now, also as a side note here, our our son also decided to stay at the same location and he showed up with a stockpile of survival food, which consisted of bags and bags of, I don't know, it was like Doritos, potato chips, um, you know, wingdings, yoo-hoos, ho-hos, whatever it is, right? Like it was just nothing but a big pile of junk food that was there. People are going to show up. They're not going to show up prepared. Nonetheless, time for plan C now for Bandit because he doesn't, he's not going to do, you know, he's already going to be scared from the storm. And he, we don't know about these other dogs. They're bigger dogs. He already has a heart problem. How much can, how much more can we throw at this dog, right? Well, plan C for Bandit, um, which was our other daughter and our son-in-law who have, they have two dogs, um, but our dog knew at least one of them. So everything was fine there. We weren't worried about that. So they took Bandit in. And then the mother-in-law checked into Hurricane Hotel with her two little dogs as well. So here's the silver bullet, people. When your friends, family, coworkers, and complete strangers come knocking on your front door during a disaster or a crisis, you'll have to decide who you help and who you don't help. And whoever you say yes to, you can't expect that they're going to be showing up armed with buckets of 25 years survival food and an arsenal of AR-15s to keep the looters off your lawn. So you may have to also provide for them, their pets, and anyone else who's tagging along with them during their stay. Now, that decision about who you will take care of and who you won't take care of is best made now before they come knocking so that you're not hemming and hawing there in the doorway and when they're looking at your house as a sanctuary, as a safe house, and they're begging you for handouts. Now, I know my family. They're pretty conscious that bad things happen to good people, but they're not exactly preppers. So I had already prepared for them ahead of time. I have fuel. Um, I had fuel for everybody. I had enough fuel for them to get there, put it in their tanks and get out of Dodge if that's what they chose to do. I had enough food available for all of them as well, covered there. I have ammunition. I have weapons. I have everything that they would possibly need. And they have the ability to get access to them as well. But I didn't plan for who they let in their front door. And frankly, I'm not, I'm not going to. That's, that's for them to figure out. More on that in a minute here as well, because the story carries on. All right, so lesson number four here is about communication being key. So another thing that we experienced was a lot of anxiety and concern for our loved ones during a crisis, especially if you are unsure if you're going to have communication with them to know if they're okay or not, whether you are trying to get a hold of somebody that's trapped in a, in a disaster or whether that's you and other people want to know whether or not you're okay. Now, while we were gone, Melissa especially was worried sick about our kids and our grandkids, and, and rightfully so, because there was a time there it looked like we're going to get whacked with a Category 5. I mean, the last one that everybody dealt with was just uh, was at Irma. It was just Category 2 when it hit. This looked like it was almost a 5. So I understood it, right? I get it. In fact, she was so worried that I almost made the decision to fly back home and for us to ride it out with them just to be able to ease her mind. Now, we talked about it and we realized that I was basically just being a guy and trying to swoop in with my cape, make everything all better for everybody when I really didn't have to. Um, by the way, a special a special message to guys out there. Um, some Did you know that sometimes girls just want to talk and express their feelings? So if you ever want some great advice on this. Uh, please go over to YouTube and search for It's Not About the Nail. 
Uh, it's about a, a minute and 41 seconds long, and it's probably the best relationship advice you will ever get if you're a guy. All right. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Uh, during a crisis, people are going to worry. Maybe you are going to worry, and just being able to stay in the know is going to go a long way to helping you stay calm, cool, and collected. And you are going to need all of your mental faculties to deal with anything that this crisis is going to throw at you. So having a communication plan for you and your family is going to is really going to help keep your head in the fight. Now, I'll tell you that text messages are better than phone calls, because if the towers do get affected by the weather or phone lines go completely down even, text messages may be able to get through because they're held in, in, in queue there. And when there's an opening, they may actually get spilled out there. So you can possibly get a text message out where you can't get a phone call out. Now, the other thing that I would suggest is to create an auto response message when somebody does call or text you and have that detail um, that you're dealing with the crisis and that they can join the group text for updates that are going to come out on the hour. Now, sending out hourly updates with a timestamp included on them is better than answering the phone nonstop or getting distracted by individual text messages pinging you all the time. And I know this from, ex from example, because that was exactly what was happening. People were pinging back and forth. It's way better to have um, when, when people are trying to get a hold of you, just be able to put out every single hour, just say, hey, here's the status. We're all okay. Have a timestamp on it. So if it doesn't go out until later and it's got a queue on it, at least people know that if there's something wrong, um, that they know that there was a timestamp that came in later on. Okay. Um, by the way, speaking of people being worried about you and trying to get hold of you during a crisis, I learned who gives a shit about me and who doesn't by those who are checking in on me or not checking in on me. Um, so if there ever is a zombie apocalypse, guess who's not getting a free pass into the compound gate? And you know who you are. You know who you are. Okay. All right. The final one here, lesson number five that I learned is no matter how prepared you may be, it only takes one to ruin the whole plan. Now, people stay behind for all sorts of reasons, right? Um, whether they don't have money to get out of Dodge, they, maybe they just waited too long and now there's too much traffic. Uh, maybe they don't have gas. Maybe the, maybe the, the gas stations are, are all out of fuel. Um, some have an elderly parent or a partner who has mobility issues. Maybe you have a mobility issue. Um, some won't leave their pets behind. They're not allowed in shelters. So sometimes they just stay at home because their pets, those are, those are very common stories. And some that I also heard from the, the victims that were in Fort Myers. Some don't believe that anything bad is going to happen. We call that cognitive dissonance. doesn't matter what the signs are. Some people just say, ah, they keep saying it's going to be bad and it always takes a turn or whatever, right? That's what happened to our family. So if it was up to me and we were here, we would have all been in a bug out convoy, out of the way of the storm, well ahead of time. And I do have a plan to be able to do that for everybody. But I've not shared that with the entire family because they haven't really been ready for, I guess, like maybe maybe that level of tinfoil hat advice that I might have for them. I'm just kind of easing into it. They're still kind of a new family to me. But there is a plan there, but they weren't really privy to it. So again, Schmoops and I were already out of Dodge. And we had one daughter who wanted to leave as well. But hubby wasn't willing to go. And so they stayed. And since they stayed, they can also weigh on the rest of the family who stayed as well. 
In fact, we almost flew back home because everyone else stayed. Wrong answer, folks. It would have been a wrong answer for us. And we know that now it was really just me trying to you know, take out my cape, big ass on my chest and trying to try and just fix everything. Now, just as I feel like it's insanely selfish to ignore evacuation orders and you stay at home just so that your sorry ass can call 911 when you're standing on top of your bedroom dresser floating out to sea in your mobile home, expecting some first responder to risk their life in order to save yours because you made the wrong decision, all of your family members have to be on the same page with how you're going to deal with a crisis. Now, I can tell you that this experience has set in motion a conversation about this very topic. And here's what we decided to do. Number one, everyone knows our plan. So everyone has to know that when something like this is headed our way, there's going to be people that are going to wait till the last minute. That's not going to be us. We have a plan. We know where to go. We know how to get there. We have the supplies to be able to get there with or without electricity. It doesn't matter. We've got a plan and everybody knows what that plan is. Number two, when we say the plan is a go, we go. Plain and simple. Everybody's head has to be nodding up and down there. And I am not going to risk our own safety for everybody else. So number three here is whoever wants to stay, you're on your own. We'll take the grandkids and anyone else who wants to play it smart. Other than that, you're going to you're gonna suffer the consequences if you deviate from the plan. If they do, don't agree with the plan ahead of time, that conversation continues to happen here. This has been a big wake-up call for a lot of people, especially our family as well. We just dodged this one, but it really did make people think. And fortunately now, they're a lot easier to convince that when there's a plan and we know what we're doing, which is a big reason why people don't leave also, is that they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to get there. They don't know if there's going to be enough gas. They don't know if they have enough money. Whatever it is, you have to have a plan. All right. Now, do you have a plan? Let me ask you that. Learn from my lesson. I don't care if you are in Kansas and you're not expecting a 15-foot storm surge. It could be any sort of a disaster. Do you have a plan if you're forced to evacuate how you're going to respond? And is that plan communicated with family members? I'm not talking about the ones that just think you're a crackpot conspiracy theorist and uh, you know don't try convincing them, all right? They might have to find out on their own. The question is, do you have a plan? All right, now, I'm sure that many of you have either had someone affected by the hurricane or maybe you have dealt with a disaster yourself at some point. I want to learn from your lessons as well. I've shared my mistakes with you. I've shared our family's lessons. It's better to make these mistakes now than when something is actually happening. So I want you to learn from mine. and I want to learn from yours as well. So I would love for you to leave a, uh, just leave a comment for us on our blog or over wherever this podcast episode is. You can go over to warlifepodcast.com. That'll take you to the special section on our warlife.com website where we have all of our podcasts. If you do want the cheat sheet for this uh, podcast, we will have that up in the loot locker area of our free member zone of Warrior Life Academy. You can, if, you, if you're not joined to that, just go ahead and do that. There's lots of great resources in there. There's some, some checklists. Uh, we have all of our cheat sheets in there. You can go with there. You can get there from uh, warriorlife.com slash loot, L-O-O-T. Just navigate on over to the loot locker and you'll be able to get a whole bunch of different resources there. All right. So I would also love to hear from you. Just please go ahead and leave a comment. What are some other things that you've learned from disasters or from other people's disasters and how 
it's changed your plans and what would help us as well. Plus, if you are loving this podcast, please go and leave us a badass review wherever you're listening in. You can find us and subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're pretty much out there all over the place. So please go ahead and subscribe and make sure that you leave us a review there um, and sign up for the loot and go grab a copy of the five minute survival guide. Go grab it, grab multiple copies for everybody that you have uh, in your life that you feel like needs a step by step plan for being able to survive an instant crisis. You can go on over to five minute survival.com and that'll take you to where you get a button there. Go grab it. Leave us a review, please. I would love to hear from you. Love to get your feedback on it, right? All right, that's it for this week's episode. And until the next broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.